Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Be Your Own Bank podcast. No, do not adjust your TV set. We are coming to you in higher HD. So cool, right? <laughs> and it's episode number 50. So we're excited about that. And as always, it's that time of the week. The weekly roundup. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us again. Appreciate you being here. Yes, we have a new setup. We're excited about it. And as always, please remember to like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, and you can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. So getting right into it, this week we want to talk to you about crypto voters, how they might be influencing the midterm elections coming up. Additionally, we want to give you a little bit of an overview of how the merge has been, the Ethereum merge I'm talking about, this past month. And finally, crypto police and specifically metaverse police. What are they doing and why do we need them? Starting off, politics. Love it. So <laughs> the midterms, the midterms are coming up, as everyone knows, by all the annoying texts that they're getting from random numbers, right? Are you oh, getting those too or I, not? I've been Is replying. it just me? I've been replying to all of them and I've made so many friends. Oh, that's great. That's what I recommend. Is just if you know you catch more flies with honey. If you've heard that before, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you catch more people, random people who text you with honey. So you just send them like a bee emoji. Oh no, we're like fast friends. Oh, okay. like I slide into their DMs and everything. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm I'm Adam Levine when it comes to political texts. Hmm. Okay, well, I don't think I'll be doing any of that, but good to know, good to know. So how does this relate to crypto? Well, 44% of the US population, specifically of US voters, is either invested or considering investing in crypto. So when you're looking at electing new people to represent you, yeah. you probably want people that represent what you believe in. And if almost a majority, well, I can't say that, but 44% is a lot. Yeah. It's a it's an overwhelming minority Agreed. of voters that are either invested or want to invest in crypto. And so Congress should reflect that. And we've got some strong congressional members, but we've also got some big critics too, which is fine. Criticism is important to developing. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Know, talking about you, Elizabeth. Come on. Come on. Get into the 21st century, Get please. Get with it. I mean, please. I know that there's risk, but- just come up with better regulations then. Yeah. Anyways, the Blockchain Association, which represents over 100 of industry leaders, they have created a PAC, P-A-C, which stands for? Uh, political Action Committee. Right. So this Political Action Committee coined the Crypto PAC. They have already spent $6.8 lobbying for better crypto stuff better crypto regulations. Well, it should be noted too that we already know that crypto isn't a party line issue. Like Republican, Democrat, independent, everybody underst who understands it is pro crypto. I think that's fair to say. I would say so too because it ben it can benefit everybody. And so, yeah, this is really cool. Hopefully it gets a better elected officials that know what they're talking about for those that don't, and which we've 
seen isn't many, but better elected officials and also getting them off their butt and start pushing through some laws that will actually give specifics on what we need to do in terms of taxes, in terms of buying and selling. So there isn't any gray area when it comes to transacting and storing and utilizing crypto. And because crypto has become worth more, now they actually have money that they can spend on lobbying. And yes, okay, lobbying, you think of lobbying, you think negative, but there's good lobbyists as well as bad lobbyists. You only hear about the bad lobbyists. Right. So this is great. This is great. And uh, we'll see where we go from here. Hoping better regulations. Mm -hmm. Moving on. Ethereum, the merge. It's been a month. I'll give you a little bit of a recap. The merge was where we moved from proof of work, which is mining, to proof of stake, which is validating. The goal was to reduce emissions by over 99% and to decrease issuance or the amount of newly minted coins into the collective. The ether. Into the ether, if you will, yes. By over 90%. So we're a month in. Where are we at with achieving the goals that were set forth by the Ethereum Foundation. Well, first off, emissions are down. They're down significantly. I think it's pretty close to that 99% or higher. Additionally, but bigger, I think, is the issuance. So they said 90%. Let's take a look and see if it's actually that. So net issuance, meaning the difference between the burn rate and the amount of new coins, is at 1600 right now. And the new coins, when, when you talk about new coins, right? Yeah. Explain where do those come from? So they come from the reward that is granted to validators. So when a node in the system verifies a transaction, that node gets paid because it's doing work. It's doing some sort of work that's valuable to the network. And so they get paid. And it's about 4.5% of the total staked yearly, blah, blah, blah. But that's new. And but it's new coins. Yeah. So the algorithm is minting new Ethereum. It's adding new ones and zeros to the stockpile. But whereas when we're talking about validating, we're talking about transactions. We're talking about one person sending something to another person. When they send that, they send a percentage of a fee, right? So your Ethereum, your old Ethereum, that percentage of fee goes into this pool as well as new Ether is minted. Yeah. So you have both. You have old and new Ether. Right. Not to be mistaken with proof-of-work Ether and proof-of-stake. We're talking about specifically proof-of-stake Ether, old and new. We, I, I don't want to talk about proof-of-work Ether anymore. I just want to talk either. about merged Ether. Agreed. Yes. I'm glad we're on the same page. Good. Okay. So we've got this new Ethereum, and we've got this old Ethereum. Together gives you the net issuance, which currently is 1,600 Ethereum. So... What does that mean? Yeah. Well, if we take it in comparison to proof of work, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about it. We're not talking about it. But we have to for the comparison. Okay. So if we were still on proof of work a month into this process, we would have 446,000 new Ethereum. Okay. Wow. And by new, I mean net. 446,000 net Ethereum. You're saying per month we have a decrease from 440,000 to 1,600? That's what I'm saying. 
Whoa. Yeah. So they said 90% decrease in issuance. If you do the math, that's over 99%. Yeah. It's like 99.5. That's some good math. I mean, math. that's the quick math. That's, that's some quick, quick math. Yeah. Yeah. So both goals have been achieved. Wow. Carbon emissions down significantly and the issuance is down. Some might say too much, but the goal is to maintain balance and the new updates, the four new updates they're going to add are going to tackle that to hopefully get to this sort of equilibrium where the amount going into the market is the same as the amount going out or similar. Which then would make it deflationary officially. Right. Once we get to that point. Right. And one researcher is saying, and if you look at it, it makes sense that within the next week, we could potentially be at deflationary levels. <laughs> what? So give that in a perspective of Bitcoin. Bitcoin has 21 million coins, as we've talked about. Hard cap. Hard cap. There aren't going to be any more. But to get to that limit, it's going to take over 100 years. So theoretically, or not even theoretically, technically, Bitcoin is still inflationary because we're adding more to the market every single day, every right. single 10 minutes. And it's terrible for the environment. Terrible for the environment. To Not the a, tune of 0.03%. Come on, Liz. Come, come on, on, Liz. Come on. Come Talking on. to you, Elizabeth Warren. Either way, Bitcoin is still inflationary and it won't be deflationary for another 100 years. Ethereum's going to be potentially deflationary within the next week or so. Wow. Part of that is due to all the meme coins and this new coin called XEN that was just issued is putting a huge load on the network. But the more popular it gets, the more demand there's going to be and the more that's going to be burned. Okay. But so, yeah. All right. Explain that a little bit because I know we were burning before the merge. You were. But now it's, how does that, how does the burn process work with Ethereum 2.0? We'll call it Ethereum and we'll call proof of work Ethereum Bruno because we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. I like that. I like that. Well, the burn's the same. The only thing that's different is that it is exacerbated by the fact that the issuance is down. Okay. Right? So we're still burning the same, but the burn is hotter. It's a hotter burn. It's a hotter burn because we're not issuing 445,000 yeah. Ethereum a month. We're only issuing 20,000 Ethereum a month. Uh, 20,000 a year. Oh, a year. Sorry. Only yeah. 1,600 a month. So yeah, right. Just to clarify, 5 million was uh, Bruno. Was yep. Five, new, 5 million new Brunos. Yep. And now we're talking about 20,000 Ethereum every R year. Right. Ish new Ethereum. Yeah, at the current rate. And this fluctuates. There's a lot of different variables. We won't get into the nitty gritties, but it's pretty crazy because in about a week, we could start to see the supply go down, which means that you're, if you're invested in it, it's going to gain more value. And so what is that? So I, I did the maths for you. And if Ethereum was still on the Bruno system, yeah, it would be worth $5 less right now than it is that's it that's it but over time we keep decreasing the supply of ethereum that's going to have a wider effect right uh, no i i'm i'm pro i'm saying i'm thinking like that's a good thing that it only went down five five dollars right? or up, up five right? dollars yeah. yeah so it only went up five dollars on the old system but we've decreased emissions by 95 percent right 
99.95. Sorry, 99.95. Yeah. So that the fact that it didn't crash or explode, like that's good. That means they probably made the right call. Yeah. And then all the new updates that they'll add will help make sure that transaction fees don't get so crazy in the next bull market. Right. And that we can maintain this equilibrium and not have too much deflation, but have hopefully enough where your value that you have in there, that you, this store of value mm-hmm. is maintained. Because that's the goal is you want this to be transactable, but you also want it to be a store of value. Right. And that's why Bitcoin and gold are so powerful is because they're a store of value. Yep. But if you compare them, gold, we can mine as much as we want. We, we don't because, you know, the process is intensive and expensive. Bad for the environment. Bad for the environment. All those things. I don't yeah. think they really care about that when they're mining gold, but we do. Yeah. Um, and the other thing too is if you find an asteroid, it's got, you know, gold on it and we figured out how to extract it, gold would essentially be worthless. Yeah, because gold is made from stars. It's stardust. It's stardust. You're stardust. Everybody's made of stars. I love it. How cool is that? It's really cool. But if we did harvest gold from an asteroid, which totally sounds like something we would do, (laughs) it'll happen. Trust me. Is that, yeah, the value is going to go down. Yeah. So it's all based on, you know, current supply, but you also have to think about where, where supply could go with Bitcoin, 21 million. That's it. With Ethereum, it doesn't have a, a cap, but now the new mechanism, the new algorithm is making it so that we aren't inflating it to oblivion. Right, because if you think about 5 million new issuance for, when was Ethereum created? 2015. 2015, so 5 million times seven years. I mean, that's a lot of coins. And if that kept going, then yeah, how, how could Ethereum be worth more way down in the future? Yeah, then it would all be just on demand. The demand rate would have to exceed right. the new supply. So this is really cool. And it's working the way that they wanted it to, that they mm-hmm. said it would. In a month. In a month. Smart people. Yes. Which segues into my next point. Other smart people are metaverse police. Yes. Which we need. <laughs> that was a great segue. Wasn't that a good segue? Yeah, it was a great segue. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll keep you updated on Ethereum. But our last story is that Dubai specifically has enlisted police to police the metaverse. When I first read the headline, I was like, that's ridiculous. Right. Just like, you know, bored apes, stupid, it's a fad. But when you dig into it, oh, okay, this makes sense. But wait, to be clear, you're saying real police. Real police in the virtual world giving you real consequences, Mm. which should be their slogan, but they said that- Real police, real consequences. That's a great slogan. Yeah. But the thing is, is that if you commit crimes in the metaverse, you will be arrested in real life. That's what they said. Yeah, that's what they said. So I was like, "What's a what's a metaverse crime?" But then I was like, "Oh, it's the internet, right? Cyber crimes, cyber, all sorts of well, hate, bullying. I mean, crypto is money. It's real money, right? So that could get stolen, or someone could open a you know an illegal gambling ring or a dog fighting ring. Yes, a NFT dog fighting Mm -hmm. ring." Oh, that's, yep, I could see that. And there are some, you know, logical crimes like, you know, this man was was arrested and he 
is going to serve four years for exploiting children in the metaverse. Okay, well, he deserves that. So real, real world consequences for real world or virtual world actions that caused real world harm. Yes, yes. There you go. Yep. Right. Plus, I mean, if you imagine just kind of like it could get out of hand a little bit, like you get your your metaverse Margaret's who call in, you know, anytime they see an avatar that's any color other than white, Mm. you know, they're going to have some sort of problem, I'm sure. You metaverse Margaret's. Can we coin that? Um, yeah, I think we're going to make we a, to- can we token that we're going to make a 10,000 <laughs> NFT collection of metaverse, metaverse Margaret's. Margaret's. Yep. In different phoning positions. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems ridiculous right now that, you know, you have police in the metaverse, but people are going to do bad things right. when they can exploit others. Well, they already are doing bad things. And now if we can actually hold them accountable, the only issue is if, you know, you get your virtual ticket for stealing a hovercraft or whatever. Right. You know, then where does that money go? Does that money go to the, you know, police having military industrial complex and, you know, spending money on digital tanks and jetpacks and it stuff buys like that? them the it buys them the RoboCop skin. Yes. Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. It makes it so they don't have to drive the Ford NFT cars in the metaverse, but they can drive like the Lambos. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. But I think the actual application is, you know, Murphy's Law, anything that can happen will happen. And the metaverse is just, you know, online to the nth degree where, you know, crazy bad things are happening already online. This is just going to be even worse. So we need police. We need some sort of regulation behind it. But my thought is, Someone's going to try to impersonate a metaverse cop. So how do you stop that? Oh, I know. I got it. I got it. Because they've got badges, right? Well, they would have to. The badges are NFTs. So you know who that person is because of their NFT. Scan their QR code. Yeah. It's it's not even a a badge anymore. It's just a QR code. Yep. That's how it works. Although, Although you would have an issue if somebody, you know, like stole your Oculus committed a crime then you'd have to worry about who actually like it's literally minority report it scares me man it doesn't make me want to do it now well sure but what there's bad people in real life too it's just the next next level of (laughs) you just get all these cops swooping in on you with their jetpacks that's scary yeah for committing crimes that you didn't even commit because somebody stole your oculus i know interpol is already in the metaverse too, so Jeez. you can't hide. Nope. You so just hide. so do good, you know. Do good. do good things in the metaverse. There's yeah. lots of good things we can do in the metaverse. Yeah. You know, plant a tree. You can plant a tree that's already grown, and then the metaverse police officer or the metaverse fire department will get that <laughs> digital cat out of they'll that virtual crypt- tree. They'll get your crypto kitty out your tree. <laughs> Oh, yep. we laugh, but this is our children's it's future. It's actually literally going to happen. It's going to happen. Guaranteed, just oh, that way. Oh, man. It's Wally all over again. Uh, I think I'm going to be a metaverse police officer. That's my goal. That's my new goal. Well, there's there's going to have to be training, too. Yeah. And sensitivity training, right? Mm-hmm. When those metaverse Margaret's come up, they're going to have to you know call them out. If- and taser training. Mm. Mm. Wow. Well, we'll definitely keep you Oh, that's on. interesting. Taser right? training. Like, because with the the hap suits, right? Yeah, I thought about that. Oh, 
so you could actually get tased in the metaverse by a police officer and actually feel it in real life that's what i mean yeah yep. oh that sounds awful or they could just come to your door and and tase you in real life tase you in real life <laughs> <laughs> man the possibilities what, are endless what a world what a world that i don't want to be in yet but that's the roundup thanks for tuning in all right let's take a look at those charts all right, let's take a look at Bitcoin. Right now we're sitting at 20,200. You can see that we've been moving back and forth from 20 to 21,000 for the last week and a half or so. It does look to be printing a bull flag if that does confirm and we can break through the 200 day moving average, which has been pretty difficult up until now. But if we can, then the next leg up would be about 22.5. If this bull flag does fail, then 19k once again becomes our major support if we crash through 19k now it's a race to the bottom likely 10,000 so hopefully that does not happen the end of the year is coming up we will likely move before the end of the year all right let's take a look at total market cap we are still grinding something's gonna happen but bitcoin's probably gonna dictate that and with that being said let's move on to our dollar cost averaging i've got Shiba Inu. Shiba Inu has been consolidating for a long time. Elon Musk just bought Twitter. So Dogecoin pumped. I would venture to guess that Shiba is probably next, but right now it looks like a good opportunity to buy. Next, I've got Band Protocol. Same thing. Back to the scene of the crime. We're at about $1.15, peaked over $20. Band Protocol looks like a good opportunity. And finally, Adam, it's sitting at $13.60. Adam is a stakeable coin, fast transactions, larger ecosystem. Adam's here to stay. Might be a good time to dollar cost average into. That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Please do your own research and only risk what you're willing to lose. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Please remember to like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, and you can also listen to us on Apple and Spotify.